Normando FAMA is back again. Normando FAMA, he's your friend. We've got Brody just for you. Wow, look, it's 2.22. And it is, it's 2.22 p.m. here. Of course, SST, we're live and direct on the, the streets of Sayulita, singing on the streets of Sayulita. One of the tours that we're looking to offer here, make a, make a couple bucks on the side when SFG is getting on its feet. You know, we could, ET and I could come down here and we could operate a singing Sayulita tour, a sunset Sayulita singing tour. And we could sing and freeball all the made up information that we have to tell people about Sayulita. Huh? What about that? Let's take that to the Shark Tank. 2.22 p.m. Now it's 2.23, but it was 2.22 p.m. SST, of course, big shout out to one of our first listeners. She smashed that subscribe button before it even existed. That's Andrea. That's you. That's you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your knowledge. You guys don't know that, the rest of our listeners, but every time we broadcast, and of course we include the local standard time in each broadcast. Very important part of broadcasting. That's, that's also in our manual, Broadcasters 101, How to Become an FAMA Broadcaster. That's about chapter three, introductions, you know? Um, and that previously included hot intros. We had a couple chapters on hot intros and outros, but of course, Anchor, Anchor shut that down. Oh my God, are those bullies? I think those are bullies. I need to buy a bully, man. I haven't had a, a bully, of course. Check our Instagram glossary for the term bully, the definition, but I'll give it to you here too. Homemade ice cream dessert that comes in a tube. So good. And especially when I'm, you know, sulking about Sayalita Sprices. Trying to get my alliteration up, but I didn't know what to say besides prices. Um, nothing with an S there. One of those prices that's shot up just to get a fucking paletta. You know I'm big into palettas. Of course, I've always been as loyal to bolis as possible. Here, I think they're called ielitos, which is the first time I've seen it changed in Mexico. Um, you know, in, in Colombia, we're used to having to, you know, one of the first questions arriving to a new city, first thing, one of the first things we, we ask, uh, where's my hostel and, and how do you say bolis here? You know, do you guys use the term bolis? I'll show you a picture. I, I have a picture saved on my phone. I say, what do you call this? I say, boli. Here they say, yelito. Colombia and Amazon, you get puriche, you get curiche. In Lima, you get marciano. Of course, we also have boli variations, such as the mega boli. Shout out to our Venezuelan friends who would stop by our house pretty much every day with mega bolis. And uh, we would buy about three or four every day. So that's, that's, a, that's high consumption. A little traffic here on the side of the streets. This is your traffic update. Looks like here by the uh, the by the Dacry place here on uh, Sylia Sunset Drive. We've got a five-car pileup. There's a golf cart. This guy's backing up. This guy's in a truck. This guy's parking. The van's telling him to stop parking there. Got a speed bump that's slowing everyone down. I'm just walking in the middle of the street. <laughs> I am splitting these cars. Just walking right by them. Um, much, much faster. I'm going in the, the other direction as most people, but oh, this guy's going backwards now too. Yep, you want to follow us? You want to come 
come hang out with SFG, come on, join the search. Join the search, we need you. Nice vehicle too for the search party, you can fit. Looks like about 10, 15 people in there. They've got people in the trunk, they've got people, very good. Come on, we're going to the, the broadcaster's beach. A little hard to broadcast from the, the streets of Sayulita because there are lots of people. And many, many of those people are fluent, even native English speakers. And you know what we think about that? We like to have English around um, sometimes. You know, we tolerate the, the presence of English. We love to broadcast in English. We could one day broadcast in Spanish. You know, E.T. is going to get his Spanish to, he's going to catch up soon. He's going to catch up to me. And then we're going to have our, our sister station. Well, actually, it would be a, it would be a whole new, a whole new podcast, La Búsqueda. You just call it La Búsqueda for short. Or La Búsqueda de mi abuelo. It would be good. It would be good too. And we could just fucking just fucking go back and forth. E.T. of course would have maybe that more European Spanish potentially. You know, he might learn the king's Spanish. He loves the king's and queen's languages as a native speaker of the queen's English. One of her favorite speakers, she tunes in. Thank you, your majesty. Thanks for checking in with us today. And of course, we appreciate all the support you give us here on the search for our grandpa. As a grandma yourself, you understand the, the really importance of grandparent figures in our lives. You know, you're, you're an important grandma. You have other important roles too, but your hat, you put your grandpa, you put your grandma hat on before your crown, your queen's, your queen's crown, you know, you're, you're a grandma first and, and we appreciate that about you, but okay, it's time to go to sleep. It's pretty late for you, your majesty, so just, uh, you know, put a sleep timer on or you can even, of course, as you usually do after your evening tea, just fall asleep to the sweet sounds of Normando FNA. All right, I'm gonna stop addressing the queen now and turn to more common folk. Uh, been pretty beautiful here in Sayulita. It's been pretty hot, hot, hot. Woke up this morning with a hangover, which was strange because we didn't drink last night. <laughs> you imagine just diagnosing yourself with a hangover even though, that's weird, I didn't drink last night. Oh, I think you just probably have a headache or you're sick. No, it's definitely a hangover, but hmm, that's so strange. I didn't drink. No, I did drink last night, listeners. I drank in, in a heavier fashion than I expected. And it was, it was organic. It wasn't organic alcohol. Probably really shitty alcohol. It was an, an organic way of getting drunk. You know, basically, I'm not gonna, it's not really that interesting for all of our listeners and we have more important matters to resolve here on SFG but I met uh I went to the beach yesterday afternoon with some hostile folk lots of English speakers fortunately but good people this one dude he just got here he um nice guy kind of kind of a dullard kind of boring um, to be honest, and he talks, he talks a lot for a dullard, talks a lot for a boring guy. It's hard to, you know, he, he's a really nice dude, really nice dude, 
but he just talks a lot. And at times you're like, oh man, like it's really not that great to stop. I don't know if I'm a dick for saying this because he's super nice, but like I don't want to hear a 20 minute story, even his stories of like things that could have been funny. He told me about, you know, in Bali, basically all of his stories are about him really getting fucked up drinking a lot in Bali he fell off his motorcycle and you just kind of tell me in such like a factual way I'd be like oh man you gotta you gotta join the search party just for a couple classes on how to tell a story because ET will well he'll blow your socks off the way he tells stories and I think I want to pat myself on the back we have been doing it a lot on the show and that's that's actually a meta thing here we didn't talk about ET didn't confirm or reject my definition my attempt to define meta but when we talk about how SFG is going to get big and how it's going to grow and how we're going to be the leaders of the search party that we currently are, but with a couple more people to fill out the rank and file, well, I think that would be meta, but not sure. Basically, I met this guy and some other people. I was mostly talking to this dude. He was actually a Red Bull world champion in fucking... I don't even know what the sport's called. He showed me all these extreme sports and they all have their names, you know, a special, oh, this is actually called speed flying. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's dudes on skis with parachutes. Like, it's, it's just hard for me to keep, I can explain what they do and they're all very impressive and really, really cool shit, obviously, but I can't match the name with, like he told me he was a something something. And I said, I have no idea what that is. And so he showed me a video of him at Fenway because I came up because I told him I was from Boston. He said, oh, I, I, uh, I had a race at Fenway Park and they did this thing. He's basically an ice skater. <laughs> He's a really fast ice skater. And there are these ice skating tracks with jumps and turns and twists and dives and dips. And he skates as fast as he can. He skates his ass off and he tries to, he tries to win the race. And he was, um, you know, he's, he's did it for like 10 years or something. And he just retired a couple years ago. But yeah, big, kind of, kind of big deal, I guess. Definitely like, you know, top world famous in what, in what he does, which is great. We love that. And he's sponsored by Red Bull. What, what a cool sponsor to have. We would also love to be sponsored by Red Bull. I almost said, oh, you have any recommendations, any tips on how to, how to snag a sponsorship like that. He's like, oh, I, I know you're an athlete. What do you compete in? I said, oh, I'm not an athlete, I'm a podcaster. You know, I, I brought I brought but yeah, we're looking for, uh, I don't know if Red Bull's uh, interested, of course. This is tiring work and it would be less so with a, with a cool, refreshing, and also energizing energy drink, such as Red Bull. You know, we don't drink Monster, although if the Monster guys are looking, if they're listening to this, we'll have to send in this tape. We'll just have to replace Monster with Red Bull, Red Bull with Monster. We can send it to all the energy drink guys. This is going to be our little, uh, our little pitch for the energy, energy drink companies. Okay, this is a beautiful path. It's a bamboo, you know, bamboo on both sides. I can, you can probably hear it growing. You know, supposedly bamboo grows so fast you can hear it growing. I don't know if that's just a myth, but oh my God, that's it. Um, it's so hot. I'm so thirsty and hungry. I had two little baby tacos for 60 pesos, 30 pesos a taco. I mean, I'm used to 10 pesos a taco. 
These were a little bit, little bit bigger, a little meatier. And if you're listening to DB, well, we've already bid farewell. We're not gonna talk about you anymore, but we are gonna say, you did hear meaty. You did hear the word meaty. Oh, these are dudes from the hostel. Oh, fuck yeah, they're, they got a golf cart. One second, one second. Let's see, this guy is the one who, I actually can't fucking pause it because it won't save. Oh, I think it will, one second. I can actually just keep recording on this same segment. I did not know that. Thanks for staying tuned. Had a brief conversation with these four gentlemen from the hostel. Haven't really talked to any of them too much, maybe one of them. And they seem kind of pissed at me. Do I know why? I should be pissed at them. They're the ones who have a fucking sweet ride. And I'm just fucking walking up what's about to be a very big hill. Um, 1,300 pesos for a day. That's 65 bucks. And they are four people. It's 15 bucks a person, is that right? 16 bucks a person? Regardless, I would never pay for a golf cart if I'm not driving it. You know, three of those guys are getting fucking shafted because they're paying for a golf cart and they're not even driving. They're just, I mean, come on, just get a taxi or something. That's not fun. It's not fun at all. I mean, I guess it's more fun than a taxi, but it's not fun. But yeah, there's one dude who was really giving me the eye. And I dare say it might have to do with Masatlan girl. I should be giving him the eye because I think he might have ended up with Masatlan girl last night. He's a fucking dullard. He's a dollar and a half. I mean, I can just see it in his body language and just, you know, that guy, guy never smiles. Never makes anyone smile. Masatlan girl was smiling though, which is upsetting to see, very upsetting. But we got over it pretty quick. This guy came in yesterday and I'm not sure. She, he was just, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy seeing guys see Masatlan girl. I mean, this poor thing, she's, she's a student. She's still taking online classes. She'll set up a little, a little workstation for her classes. Headphones on, clearly, in class and like four dudes will pull up chairs next to her and be like hey like where are you from <laughs> and she of course has to entertain them but masatlan girl when she wants to have a laugh who does she come to this guy she'll she'll pop over quite a bit to wherever i am and uh she's not an exception there lots of the staff even moises the homophobic gay guy. In fact, Moitis, actually, he just said, right when I was leaving the hostel right now, he said, I was serious about what I told you last night. And I thought, oh my God, what did he tell me last night? That he's gay? That I was like, did I miss that? Was I too drunk? Oh my God, thank God. He, he came out, he feels comfortable with himself, and, and of course, accepted as all people from the LGBT plus, or Q, I don't know community as they all should feel accepted and loved and as they are but of course the real world doesn't work like that. this is a big hill but basically Moises said when I was telling you that I want you at my carnival next year Moises he lives on he's from and lives at has Airbnbs and works in the hotel industry with his family on one of the islands I think it was Holbach Isla de las Mujeres, I don't know which one. He's like, I need you, I need you at the fucking carnival next year. I said, yeah, you'll get me, you probably will get ET as well. We're down, signed up. Just tell us, 
tell us where you need us and we'll be there. And uh, hopefully our, our abuelita will be too and finally snatch him, snatch him and bring him back to where he belongs, which is in our hearts, in our hearts. But Mazatlan girl, getting back to her, where am I? Is this right? This can't be right. I mean, I've taken this path a couple times, but I'm mostly a follower and DB was the one in charge of getting us here the first time. The second time I, I did get here on my own, but I don't remember how. I guess it was through here. More traffic here on this back road near Carrecitos Beach, where I believe to be Carrecitos Beach. The path, we've got a, a white Nissan truck here blocking the path. Just blocking it. Um, I can go around. So, mash that long girl. Talking about her. Just as gorgeous as ever. She gets prettier by the day. Oh, you get prettier by the day. I wish I, I wish I, you know. I used to say, forget about it. But she, she likes to hang out with me. She is potentially, she's, she's a co-queen. And of course, we're not talking about co-queen of, of England, your majesty. I'm sorry for, for even comparing her to, to, to yourself, our favorite listener. We're talking about, she's a co-chair. We should say co-chair of the Dullard Committee. I'd put her, I, I mean, I think it's her and VB. They're co-chairing the Dullard community. Beautiful, beautiful, and very nice people, but Dullards nonetheless. They're not people that you need to, you're not gonna be hanging on their every word and thinking, oh my God, this is a fascinating story. I'm really surprised she said that. I'm really, you know, that's funny and interesting. Unfortunately, you're not gonna get too much of, of, of those qualities from them. You get other qualities from them. Nice people, probably really caring. Phoebe was very caring, really sweet, compassionate, and they check, they check a lot of boxes, but there are also some boxes that are left unchecked. And Masatlan girl, oh man, she, she is, she's quite dull, she's quite dull. Um, and maybe that's why this guy had success with her. Maybe he, I think they're also just guys that really kind of obnoxiously and aggressively go into places and I mean, I might be, I might be reading it all wrong. This guy might have just kind of not left her alone the whole night and she was like, oh man, I really wish this guy would leave me alone and she didn't really know how to shake him. I might fall, okay, listeners, I literally might fall. I have my hands full. As you know, DB in our separation, well, she got the bag. She got the bag, so I've just been walking around with a whole lot of, <laughs> a whole lot of things in my hands. You know, none of my bathing suits really have pockets, so I just have, right now I've got a phone in one hand, I've got a peanut, uh, <laughs> there's one peanut, no, I've got a, a pack of peanuts in the other hand, and then under my arm I've got this bottle of water that I really would like to sip from, but I'm broadcasting. And soon, hopefully, if I don't slip, oh, wow, that was really close and very appropriate timing when I'm talking about slipping, I slipped. Okay, now I'm getting down to this path. It's a little jungle path, goes down to this beach. We'll take E.T. here when he comes to Sayulita. He'll broadcast from this beach. This is Broadcaster's Beach. This is fucking Broadcaster's Beach, the one and only. There, I don't know even know if there was a Broadcaster's Beach in Puerto Escondido. That's not true. There was a Broadcaster's Beach. It was my favorite. I actually liked it better than this one. But, okay, those are the peanuts. But basically, 
this guy was hanging out with Masat Line Girl the whole time, and he probably, I mean, he just gave me very dirty looks from his little backseat of the fucking golf cart. Loser. <laughs> Not even driving, man. Come on. Is that why you're bummed? Or was it because Masat Line Girl prefers to talk to me, even though I don't really love talking to her? There are lots of other people I'd prefer to talk to. Uh, although Masat Line Girl is the prettiest of those people. So, let's see. Let's see who's here. Of course, this is where we bumped into to our ex-marina known as DB last time I was here. I don't want to see anyone. I just want to go to my fucking broadcaster's corner and, and get into our show notes. Because right now, and it's going to be hard for you to believe, we've been free-balling. We've been absolutely free-balling. You know? Just 100%. This is not written content. This is not supposedly a book that our father, who also wrote a porno, wrote. That's, that's an easy job. That's an easy gig. You know, you just read out. And, of course, we respect all other podcasts, all other popular world-famous podcasts. But once we're on that list, people are going to realize, wow, these guys are, I mean, these aren't comedians who write for months and months. You're right, for months and months. New content. And these aren't scripted stories or, or jokes. These are just free ballers. They have show notes. They do have show notes. And at one point, we didn't even have show notes. I don't remember how the show notes were born, but before it was just free balling. I'd say, I do dare say that even with the aid of, oh my God, there's no shade. There's someone in my broadcaster's corner. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I like don't even really wanna be here. I'm just trying to broadcast. Like literally, I, it's nice, the beach and everything, it's, but it's hot as fuck. I just couldn't get a good spot to broadcast in the, uh, in the hostel and I thought I'd like to go for a little walk or do something get out of the hostel I mean it's 2.47 p.m. SST haven't done much I talked to our our brother station our actual brother for the first time in a while I talked to him Masat Long girl was actually trying to talk for a bit after her classes she, she asked if I could uh, if I could help her with her pol her politics exam tomorrow because she knows that I'm a, a former political scientist and um, okay wait there's some, some people here getting a little bit of I mean, even though this is broadcaster's beach I feel almost out of place broadcasting here believe it or not they're probably thinking first of all there's only one guy who there are only two guys in the world who can monologue like these like, this guy appears to be trying to monologue, but there's no way it's just... I mean, it, it, it can't be, right? I mean, I've... I mean, come on, is that... Could that be? Could that be... Uh, listen, Becky, Becky, I think that might be one of the SFG co-chairs. Is that... Do you hear an American accent? Or a British accent? Becky says, oh my God, I think that's Normancito. And Becky, of course, would have been right. It is, but she must not know. She must not know, or else maybe she does. She should know. And maybe Becky. Oh, this is just this is just trying to finish up the. You know, this is a segue, everybody. This is a segue into something we actually do want to talk about on today's show. And mentioning segues could be meta. I don't know, but this is a segue into whether we want Normancito, yours truly to start verbally spreading the word about SFG 
to people that I just don't really care about if they hear, if they know my identity or not. Of course, could they leak my identity? That could be a concern. That could be a concern at some point. The sticker thing is good. The sticker thing's anonymous, you know, because of course, if you're a sneaky sticker sticker, you're gonna be sticking in sneaky places. And those sneaky places, they could be dark alleys. They could be churches. Yes, ET, they could be churches. But I guess what, what matters about your sticking is that it be done in an anonymous, sneaky way. So we're just here trying to think about how to really, and this is, this is crazy for our future listeners to listen to right now, you know, that guy from, from 2031 coming back to these old tapes and be like, this is amazing. You know, usually you, if, if, you're, if you want to hear from, you know, a famous person or a famous singer or an actor, if you want, if you want to hear how Tom Hanks sounded before he got famous, well, you're just going to have to listen to Tom Hanks right now tell you, well, when I was 18 years old, I decided I wanted to be an actor and I started to look for, you know, you would have to hear about it later from old Tom Hanks. Right now, you're listening to the broadcaster, futurely known as Normancito. I'm, I'm actually, I've been known as Normancito for a bit now, so. But this is me before I'm famous. Nice to meet you guys. This is me before I'm famous. Am I gonna be exactly the same when I'm famous? I think so, I think so. I'm gonna be a little, a little chiller about my sketchy, squidgy financial situation, but I'm gonna be the same guy to this chord. But now you're listening to, you know, you don't have to go to, we don't have to give interviews here. We're never gonna give an interview because people aren't really gonna know who we are, but they also are gonna have the info. If you wanna know about our love life, <laughs> you'll get our love life. If you wanna hear about how we talked about the best strategy to market and basically get to a, a viral point, you know, basically the best way to build our search party. We don't have to be like, well, we thought about maybe doing this, we thought about it, but then we decided to do that. No, you're getting the whole thing, the whole shebang right here. It's really special. So I'm gonna take a sip of this water. I could crack open these peanuts, but mm, I'm gonna wait to do so. Thanks for staying tuned. That, of course, was the water. It's thirsty work broadcasting. It's really thirsty work. So. So let me just quickly finish. I ran into that dude sitting on the back of the golf cart giving me the hairy eye. Uh, he was part of the group of people that went out last night. Would I call myself the leader of that group? No, but I'm sure they would. I'm sure they probably would. In fact, I think I even heard it this morning. Oh, Alex took us to this place. Did I know where I didn't, I didn't know where I was going? I just I did want to go out last night. I did want to go out and I'm, I wanted to dance some fucking reggaeton. And I was open to the possibility of drinking alcohol as well. The Red Bull guy, uh, the retired Red Bull guy, he's a big drinker. Um, in fact, he's definitely an alcoholic. Uh, he was kind of trying to say, you know, in my, in where I live in the Alps, uh, you know, people drink a lot in my village. We drink every night. We black out every time we drink, guaranteed. We shake when we don't drink, but you know, I could stop drinking whenever. Um, so yeah, but you'll, you'll shake. You'll shake and you'll get sweaty, what she was talking about. So he's, I, I don't know. He's, he's a social drinker though, so that's, that's good at least, I think. Uh, we don't condone 
using alcohol as a social crutch, as an emotional crutch, as any sort of crutch. We don't we don't condone the use of crutches actually, unless unless you've recently hurt your leg. Uh, this is a good way to lose all of our disabled listeners, disabled people out there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. And of course, we condone your use of crutches, wheelchairs, uh, strollers. What do you call those? Oh man. Calling their, calling their wheelie thing strollers. That's also not a good look. I have to get, I have to do more research about, you know, after all my injuries, you think that I would know the names of these things, but I'm talking about that old, uh, the wheeler, the wheeler, something like that. So, of course, the Red Bull guy, he wanted to drink. He wanted to drink, and we met a Swedish girl. She wanted to drink, and it looked like, because they told us, and it was on a sign, so it really did look like it, there was a two-for-one promotion. I don't know why I have my headphones in. I've got, I'm using the headphone mic, which is okay. I'm still just kind of holding it. Um, well, I just took it out of my ear, because I don't want to have it in my ear, you know? I want to hear these waves in the background of Broadcaster Beach. And I want to hear whether anyone's going to sneak up on me, especially an ex-marina or a potential future one. Um, so we started drinking two-for-one gin and tonics. They were strong. They were strong. And it was it because Anita in the bar also is big fan of mine and probably tossed a little bit more in when I gave her a little wink and a tip. Maybe. Maybe. She's good. It's her birthday tomorrow, so we're going to go out again for her birthday. I mean, here, you can go out any night you want. So you got to be careful about that. I, of course, am uh, I'm kind of in the going out mood right now. Not tonight. In fact, a lot, I think lots of people are going to Selena tonight. Uh, the satellite studio of the DB Dullard. Um, that's mean because they're doing salsa lessons, salsa classes at Selena. I don't think I'll go. I don't, but uh, I, also, I just don't want to go out tonight. I definitely am not going to drink tonight. Maybe I won't drink tomorrow, but I will celebrate the birthday tomorrow and dance reggaeton, as I like to do, with a nice group. So there were probably 15 of us that ended up, you know, we had some, uh, I was mostly just drinking with those three, and the volunteers, you know, the volunteers always come over and, and they, they, they want to hang. They want to hang, so hanging with them, once they saw that we were going out, they said, fuck it, we're going out. The Masadlan girl, the Masadlan mujer, I'm going out. As soon as she said that, random dudes, we're going out. And, um, and yes, we all went out. We all went out and we danced, of course. Another impressive showing. The dance floor, American Pie-ish. And um, got some tacos after. Oh, that's why I said DB don't listen, because I referred to my tacos today as meaty tacos. And they were, because they in included meat. I've been eating a lot of meat. A lot of meat. It's, it's just hard here, because it's the only somewhat cheap thing you can get. It's like street food with meat. Because everything here is really, it's pricey. It's pricey. I mean, even the tacos are pricey. It's, it's a 15 peso taco, usually, for the normal El Pastor ones. You get 30 peso tacos for little meatier ones, but... It's expensive, so that was our night. I came back late, uh, no real, nothing really to tell about. I mean, it was the, the most interesting part of the night was seeing the DJ up in his booth that was like locked with fucking, I think he had two sets of doors. I went up there to, to recommend, to, to request something and I had to bang on the door for like 10 minutes so he could hear me. It was nuts. Uh, I was just locked up in this little cubby. I said, hey man, are, are DJs supposed to be like people pleasing or not? Am I not a part? Like I, I guarantee you, we were pretty much we were the main group in there, and we were getting the party started for everyone. I said, "Do you want us to be happy or not? Give me fucking bad money." I don't remember what I requested, but something. So, under our show notes, 
great to hear from ET on uh, on 420. And we heard, I actually something similar happened. This girl in uh, the morning, yesterday morning, she said, oh, it's April 20th. She said it like that. It's April 20th. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. I that is that's later in April than I thought. That was my response. I said, it's kind of like uh, that scene from Big Lebowski where she's where he says like, oh, it's Thursday. And he goes, oh, far out. You know, it's like I really didn't even know. April 20th. That's crazy. Wow. And she said, oh, like, I wonder if people are going to smoke today. And then I realized, oh, my God, 420. And I think that's the name. That's the name that you were wondering if it had an internationally recognized name. It's 420. 420. That's all you need to say. Uh, April 20th. It, it means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. 420 does. You know, I don't, I don't naturally do. Every time anyone gives me a date, I don't naturally convert it into its number, you know? Oh yeah, so uh, my birthday is actually September fifteenth. Oh, nine fifteen. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, my birthday's um three twenty, aka March twentieth. I don't do that. This girl did. Yeah, it's April twenty. So then I realized she was talking. And she said, "Yeah, I wonder if you're going to smoke." I said, "Oh wow, four twenty. Okay, interesting." So that was when we realized it was four twenty. We did not smoke yesterday. Didn't have any weed anyway. And um, but our mother, our mother shifted. I sent you the picture she sent me of her partaking her, her mommy's ode to 420 that was what she titled it just a picture of her smoking a joint a current picture it was yesterday it wasn't like a, oh, this was me smoking a joint in high school it was her smoking a joint yesterday and um well that's probably a picture that she could take most every day she smokes a lot of a lot of joints or weed or i don't really know what how she smokes i don't know if she is a little mexican one hitter or not um but but she partook, partook. Uh, tepid tie, we got some tepid tie. And it actually has to do with mostly E.T. getting the Thai girl uh, to a rolling boil, a rolling boil there. And, and we're very interested, we're very excited, first of all, for E.T. to pick up the camper van, our camper van, our mobile bang, banging palace busting palace what do we call it and also probably our our mobile satellite studio this is probably going to be our first real mobile satellite studio it's very very exciting and we could do we could even get on on air together at some point i don't know if we if we would betray the monologue format that's very important in the show but maybe for our premium listeners in july you'll have some live and you can even partake q and a's or Whatever it is, with both of your sister stations live from a mobile satellite studio in the fields of, of England. Almost said London. Um, so, and of course, there are going to be things that, that go down in that, in that van. Not just broadcasting. There will be broadcasting and busting. Preferably not at the same time. And who will be one of those receiving marinas? Well, probably Thai girl. Probably Thai girl. And she's kind of, she's, she's quickly, and she's, she's been there before, but she's quickly coming up to that boil again, and <laughs> becoming the spicy tie, tepid tie, the spicy tie, and it's, it's interesting because, of course, E.T. doesn't want to get to her boil too fast, and doesn't want her to boil for too long, because then the typical tie tendencies, typical tie tendencies, will come back to haunt him, and it will be a calling station before he's even a captain again. It'll be a, a call center before he's a captain. And we don't want that. Of course we don't want that. But 
but we're looking forward to wow look at these four birds they're in formation oh very nice what are you guys that one's got a that's a heron what are you heron gull seagull i don't fucking know um yep you don't want her to boil too soon because she'll evaporate she'll just evaporate et et you kept me on a boil for too long i've evaporated oh this heron's he's slow this is the slow. hey guys wait up for this one it's fucked up he's just on his own I don't know if they if they fly in formation to avoid predators. Is that why birds do that? Because there are four, like, is that one more susceptible to predators? What would be a predator for a fucking huge-ass heron? You know, do they have to worry about predators? Probably just people being fucking idiots and flying airplanes and shit. I mean, what's a, what's a predator for a heron? Something that's gonna fucking eat them out of the, ah! Like these are huge birds. You guys don't. I mean, there they are. There's another one. That's a that's a five heron formation. One, two, six, six. The 2020 Chronicles found under the mud. Really like this segment of, of ETs, and we're gonna comment it a, a bit on it because that's basically what we're talking about. We're basically talking about how it's a very special thing, of course, SFG, because it's the normal life of two. Extraordinary. I'm not going to even say normal, but somewhat extraordinary gentleman in 2021. And will that be an important relic, an important diary for anthropologists in the future? Yes, absolutely. It's a very important. It's a, it's, it's a diary. And there are, there are important diaries in the past that people have written. They've been published. Looking at you, AF. You know, this is how, how did someone live such extraordinary times, an extraordinary person? How did they cope? How did they do that? Uh, we have a little different take here, you know, a different take here. Um, and it will be an important relic for the future. I mean, will we last a thousand years? There's no way. Humankind will not be here. The earth will be here, hopefully. Humankind will not. Mankind, humankind. What, what, what do we say that? Humans. I don't even know what the word. I don't know. Uh, will be important for anthropologists. Will be important for archaeologists. I don't think so. I don't think so. Archaeologists probably aren't going to find the fossilized, you know, the the fossilized books of SFG under under the mud because, well, there will be no books. There are no books now. Maybe there will be books, but that's that's a, another project. We haven't even talked about that. We've talked about scripts. We haven't talked about books, but we'll see. Who knows? Um, they'll just have to find the hard drive. They'll have to find the hard drive. It'll be in the cloud. In the cloud. We're, we're up there now. We're somewhere. Isn't that crazy, though? Just all this information that's just like, it exists, but like where? <laughs> I guess it does exist in physical space, too, doesn't it? And just servers? Internet servers or something? Don't know how it works. Let hope our, our IT friends will will illuminate us on that. There's so many interesting things. And of course, we may be interesting people, but there's so many interesting things that we do not. We don't possess that knowledge. We're curious about it, though. We're curious about it, and I'd say that's one of our defining characteristics as well. I don't know if that was on my seven-year-old playing card, but it probably should have been. You know, that, that thirst for knowledge, that's always been there. Thirst for knowledge. And, and, and physical thirst as well. That's why I thought I was diabetic. Because when when a friend came in, newly diagnosed as, as diabetic, and he's, you know, we've probably talked about this pretty extensively on the show. I asked him, how do you know you're diabetic? He said, I was always thirsty. I said, okay, well, looks like I am too. 
that's another defining characteristic. Very thirsty guy. And a broadcaster, nonetheless. I mean, come on. That's crazy. Double thirst. Um, so we're, we're very interested in, in E.T.'s recent experience as a, as a dieter. I actually really do like this because I don't know if you knew E.T. And this is, this is way back in, in Normancito's early 20s. And earlier, I believe, late teens, early 20s. Let's see, basically junior and senior year of college. Whenever that was, you probably wouldn't know. You know, E.T., he was just, he was in a, I shouldn't say just, he was an apprentice. He was learning to build boats, and I wasn't really learning anything. But, of course, I did live American Pie-ish college experience, which, which E.T. Is, is deep down. He's, he's a little bit envious about that. And that might affect his marina relationships. Now, we've talked about this. I'll look at the tapes. Go back to the tapes. We've talked about this. This is interesting fucking stuff. E.T., Apprentice E.T., in a relationship, too. And, and it's, it's really amazing. You know, you have our whole history here and two guys that are just completely honest about everything. And this is something that was crazy. I, when I got into working out with our friend Greg who's still very much into working out and, and pretty extreme about it. I mean, I still like to work out. I still go to the gym as much as I can. Would I say I'm extreme about it? No. And especially when it comes to diet. But I was once the most extreme with my diet out of anybody I knew. I would calorie track. I would count my calories. I would do low intake of carbs. I would look at you know my protein, make sure my protein was up and whatever, whatever. And it became this crazy obsessive thing that ended in not just intermittent fasting, but basically an extreme version of intermittent fasting where I would, and this is, this is nuts, this seems like a, a different, a, another life, you know, an, an early Normancito life. I would only eat really anything that I had prepared. I had to prepare everything just to make sure it was clean enough, you know, to make sure it was clean enough. I would count and I would weigh it. Oh my God, I forgot about that. I would weigh it. So I would weigh like, you know, 100 grams of broccoli, 100 grams of chicken. I, these are, I'm just putting random numbers there because I don't remember how this stuff worked, really. And, you know, I would put it into my little calorie tracker on my phone, which would have like the protein numbers and all this shit. And I really wouldn't eat in the morning. I would go to the gym in the morning. I wouldn't eat in the afternoon. Sometimes I would. Sometimes I would eat in the afternoon. But this is basically what I'm saying, and this is this actually is, I don't think this would ever happen to ET right now, um, because there was obviously some sort of anxiety. I don't. I don't know. I thought if you had asked me how I felt in those days, I would say mentally I feel good. I mean, I, I feel good. No problems. No. But this was this was eating disorder danger stuff, borderline eating disorder or an actual eating disorder. Um, I don't know. I should talk to my my dyke shrink about it. I don't think I ever have. I told. I talked to Wilmita about it. I might have talked about it on, on the show before, but I'm not sure. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it right now. Um, it basically, it started as intermittent fasting where I would eat my first meal at noon or something and eat for a few hours till five or whatever. I forget what it was. I still try to get, you know, whatever calorie count I wanted with protein and all this crazy shit. I don't know what my goal was. You know, this is the thing. I, I had a, I was in good shape. You know, I was in good shape. But I was in good shape and I kept going. I like, you know, I, I, at first I lost weight. I wanted to lose weight. I lost the 10 pounds that I should have lost. 
in college. Then I lost 15. Then I lost 20. Then I lost 25. Then, and I was fucking emaciated. At one point, I was emaciated. I really was. I was really skinny. And then other times, I wasn't. But I was still doing this. And I, I don't even know what my goal was. So my experience with intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting, IF, weird way that I said it, intermittent. How do I usually say that word? In, inter, inter, intermittent. That's a weird word. What is that word? <laughs> intermittent, intermittent, intermittent. What the fuck? I usually know it, but thinking about it too much. Is that I started with my window, and my window of eating just kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, and pushing further back, further back, further back. Because basically, I was hungry. I wouldn't eat enough, and my body wanted more, and I wanted to binge. You know, I had this desire to binge because I wasn't getting adequate food. I don't think, and I was so controlling of it that my body and my mind wanted to rebel, so I would binge. And I allowed myself to binge by making my intermittent fasting, you know, I think when I was working at my mom, uh, I wasn't working at my mom's, she, she, uh, she let me stay for free, but I was working at a restaurant, staying at my mom's, my shift would end, I would, I would start work at like maybe one, and I would get back at 10 or so after dinner, after getting cut and cleaning up at the, at the restaurant, I wouldn't eat until after my shift. That's right, I wouldn't eat the whole day. So that at 10 o'clock, I could eat like five, you know, there weren't good things. You know, at this point, it, it wasn't good food. I actually really like oatmeal. I would eat a lot of oatmeal. I would eat like six bowls of oatmeal, two chicken breasts, a ton of vegetables, whatever just I would binge I would gorge and and that was it I felt you know good because I could eat as much as I wanted supposedly and still only be eating you know whatever calorie amount I wanted so this this was this was Normancitos you asked you asked and you shall receive here we are we are more than willing to I mean this is this is probably some fucked up shit it, it really is and I think that if I if I wanted to remember you know, give me some mushrooms and, and close, give me a blindfold and say, go back to the eating day, you know, go back to the borderline or actual eating disorder days and tell me what you see. I would go back to a, a pretty dark place, a pretty dark place because even socially I was, I was still just as social as ever. Um, but I was cranky, you know, at, at times I was very irritable. Um, and I would avoid some social situations because I knew that there would be food there that I would have to eat or drink or whatever that I didn't prepare. And I couldn't have it in my calorie tracker. So just just some some really intense, intense times. Intense times. Okay. So E.T.'s pairing of his, his two different diets. All I, you know, from my experience, I've learned that moderation is key. How did I get out of that world? I think it was mostly because I started to travel. And when I first started to travel, I still was pretty I, controlling over it and would try to control everything and try to eat as clean as possible. But then it became harder and harder and I would eat, I would cheat more and more and I would still be fine. I would feel better and I would be able to go out more and I noticed like, what was I doing that for? What, why, why was I doing that? You know, it's important to treat your body uh, well, but a lot of that's just moderation, you know, and I've learned that moderation for me is key. Trying to be healthy, being as healthy as possible, of course, 
And luckily, I really like healthy foods, so that's usually not a problem. But nothing extreme. I don't want to. I, I guess I can go very extreme, and so now I'm aware that okay, well, I have this history of going very extreme with something like this, and then maybe it's because I think a lot of eating disorders are linked to to you know a lack of control, and you try to look for that control, and that's kind of what I liked, I think, because I I never would have talked about it like that, but I did think about how okay, you want to look this way, or you want to drop five pounds, do this to a T and it'll happen. And that's kind of what happened. And oh, you can do it even more. Oh, you can do whatever. And you can actually kind of have some control over your body. You think you have more control over your life and maybe that's what you're, you're looking for mentally. So an interesting thing, a very interesting thing. A critical look at, F at SFG. This is important. This is about, and that, thank you. Thank you for tuning into our, our quick little story time. I'm not sure how quick. Let's see how long we've been on the clock. 48 minutes. We got to hurry up. I think we can save because now I have data. So I think I can save even without uh, Wi-Fi. A critical look at SFG, is it material adequate for the general population? I think there's no doubt. I mean, if you give me your thumbs up, which you did, you said, I'm not really sure about myself, ET, there's no doubt. People would love your shit. And, and you know, of course, we there's a lot of uh, self-affirmation and we... we affirm each other of course we're the bestest of friends uh you know we find each other hilarious interesting we like listening to the other person oh they're racing is that db she often said you know i i usually i like to race people i would i would win i would win if we raced she probably would I said, yeah i don't fucking race what am i six years old <laughs> nah, i would race of course but and i'm not slow but I'm not fast. She seems to be fast. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that what we can do is we can try to compare ourselves to other comedic personalities that we know. I'd say in our daily lives, we're, we, we get validated. Not that we're looking for validation, but we're often validated by people. Oh, this guy's really funny. Oh, wow, this guy's cool, whatever. And, and that's validation that we receive. You know, I've had people tell me that I should, I should go into comedy. That I, you know, I've had real people like, uh, you know, you might remember Alan Irishman and his, his wife, pretty much, Serana, Saran Rap. They both listen to comedy. They are very into that sort of world. They said, you should really do comedy. We should do comedy. I've had other people that I don't value their opinion quite as much say that just because, oh my God, you're so funny. Like maybe kind of Dullard saying, but maybe I should, I should value Dullard's just as much, if not more, because I think I, I think we know that there are probably more Dullard's out there. I don't know if that's true, actually. Maybe there's like 25% of the world is Dullard. 50% of the world is kind of just average, you know, not Dullard, not dull, but not really exciting or that interesting slash funny and another 25% of the people are, are really kind of are great and and I actually don't know I don't know what the fucking distribution is who am I kidding but um, there are lots of dollars out there and we of course accept them here on our on our program we don't want to hear we, we don't accept them to fucking co-chair but we, we would accept them as as party members in the hunt for grandpa in the search 
as just listening members. So what do dullards want? We, we also kind of want to check that box, I think. But, but yeah, we get affirmation, we get validation from others. I think what we can also do is, and, and I think we've done it a little bit, and you did it when bringing up another famous po- uh, podcast, and for you in the future, I'm not sure, will we have run it out of business by now? Will it still exist? But that, of course, is, uh, what's it called? My dad wrote a porno. I've never listened to it. Um, but when I think about stand-up comedians or the average level, funniness level of comedy slash especially podcasts, I think that we, at the very least, meet the standard. I personally think we succeeded. Succeeded? We exceeded. Um, wait one second. I need to see what this is. Wait just one second. And we're just using the pause function here, not the interlude tool. This is Broadcasters 101 as well, because it really was a quick, very, very quick pause there. I uh, just kind of had my hand down my pants, as I sometimes do when I'm just kind of mindlessly doing something. It's a pretty bad habit, actually, because sometimes I do it in front of people without realizing. I don't really do it in front of people, but uh, it could be dangerous. And I wanted to check up on my dick, of course, my dick mollusks, my wounds that I was a little bit worried about after breaking the doctor's somewhat sketchy, squidgy order about being celibate for 15 days. And, you know, I had to ask. And so that doesn't really hold water for me because I could have just said, I should just, just imagine I just going to imagine like I didn't ask. You know, he didn't tell me anything on his own. I had to ask. <laughs> you know, it couldn't have been that important. Seriously. I was about to leave. And I said, oh, by the way, can I have sex? Nope. All right. Just uh, forget it. You know what? Forget about it. Forget I ever asked. And I kind of did. My dick mollusk wounds are healing nicely. I'm not going to have a deformed scar dick. I won't. And I was worrying about it too much. DB was right. I was worrying about it too much. She said that after the sex, not before. Like, oh, no, like you're worrying about it too much. That would have been kind of weird and coercive. I had sex willingly, and then after I was a little regretful about it, because of, mostly because of my dick and also because we had broken up, but that was okay. Um, mostly because of my dick. And she said, I think you're worrying about it too much. I think it's going to be okay. And it looks like she's right. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I think that if we compare ourselves to other broadcasters, we halamos, halamos. Like we, 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 can, we can do it. We fuck. We, uh, we, we meet the standard. We meet the standard. And the only thing is, is this going to be the right sort of way to do it? A monologue. Are people going to be ready for the monologue? Are they ready for that? Is the world ready for this? Let us know, world. I think you are. I think you are. Because that's what a stand-up is anyway. It's a fucking monologue. People have jokes. But this is just free-balling it. So, eh, of course, it's not all stand-up. It's better than that. It can go deep. You can talk about potential eating disorders that we had in the past. Or diabetes. Or we can talk about, you know, E.T.'s nut-not. Nut-not. So it will be interesting to see, you know, uh, of course how we how this summer goes now that ET will really join the search and he's always he's always of course of course been a co-chair but he's been he's been stable he's been the paperwork guy as you say he's just been crunching numbers and signing forms and, and doing all the paperwork which is very valuable and he's doing it from Plymouth his home base but he'll soon have a bunch of satellite stations and uh, probably all over the world he's gonna be on the ground too leading we're gonna have both broadcasters both co-chairs on the ground leading the search from the front lines. Of course, E.T. was leading the search, but he was doing it from the back office. 
passive broadcasting. I mean, there's no such thing as passive broadcasting, of course. And your and your your mothership should know better to say, oh, if you're just you know broadcasting or listening, can you water the bluebells? First of all, hand our hands are full. So, but also our minds are fucking full. We're not. This isn't a passive labor. This is this is you put your 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 soul and your your guts and your mind and your heart into broadcasting. And then when you receive, you're, you're just as focused. You're focused and you're clacking away with your show notes because that's a, an important tool here as a broadcaster. And, and of course, that's why it's in our, in our guide to, to great broadcasting, to FMA broadcast. So you too want to be an FMA broadcaster? Well, hope you have the time, focus, drive, gut, determination, lots of things you need. Lots of hats you got to wear. Um, and of course, I think we should also, we should discuss who our demographic is. I think you're right about maybe travelers, potentially. Uh, potentially not, you know, because people who aren't traveling, they commute. Uh, Commuting is a good time to listen to, a, listen to a broadie, definitely. But travelers do have more time. I mean, it's just one long commute. That's basically what traveling is. <laughs> it's just one long commute. And once you get to the, the destination, well, you don't work. It's a workless commute day. And uh, it could be good, so that's where the stickers could come in handy. I think ET should design the stickers. I'll print them here. I've got a month to stick everywhere. Let's do that quick. Let's do that quick, because I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna be able to stick too much. I'll get, I do wanna at least get them printed in Mexico, because I'm sure it'll be cheaper. And then I'll just go to town. I'll go to town sticking. I love that idea. I would like to stick. And I think that's great, because I don't know, I, I, I have yesterday for the first time, when someone asked me about, I mentioned I'm probably gonna go to England with the camper van stuff because I'm also trying to, to work with my friend who, uh, who lives out there. And they said, what do you work in? I said, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I said it. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Even the Masatlan girl today. I was trying to, I, I whipped out my laptop to, to start snipping away. The internet wasn't good enough, so I couldn't, but I had the intention. Oh no, are we at our limit? Almost, okay. I had the intention to snip and trim and up and send to ET, but uh, the internet wasn't good enough. The Mazatlan girl was like, what are you working on? Because I said, I, I, have to, I have to work. I just said that, I have to work. She said, what are you working on? I said, a podcast. She said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, also makes sense. She didn't even say anything. That's how dull she is. No, okay. Um, let, me, let me save this segment, please. We will interlude here and we appreciate in advance you staying tuned word from our sponsors and thank bob we're back you have no way of knowing the listener but it's about a 45 minute interlude not because we want it to be away from your side for 45 minutes not in the slightest we were hoping to immediately continue broadcasting after saving that segment that was reaching its one hour long limit. And of course, as I said, we can do that outside of the Wi-Fi zone because we now have data, but we cannot do it outside of the data signal zone. There was no signal at the beach, at Broadcaster's Beach. I stood there, sat there for another 20 minutes and I thought, I need to find data. I need to find signal. I need to keep broadcasting. And I walked back from the beach for you. And now we're on another beach, small broadcaster. We just probably a more up Rehet Aime's alley to broadcast his, you know, it's about a nice 
10 minute long broadcast beach. I think I have to get back to Rahet. Um, I haven't talked to him in weeks. He just sent him an update. He never ended up coming down here. Neither did ET. Neither did ET, and that's just for now. We're postponing that plan. We're postponing that plan. Don't, don't get it twisted. So I'd like to congratulate our sister station on his first HS sale, his first interior design toolkit sale. And so what if it was himself as the customer and the client? I think I have to cough. <coughs> I got like a tickly throat. I got a tickly throat. I don't think COVID symptoms are tickly throat. I think it's a, a dry cough, which now that I think about it, it could definitely be a tickly throat. Okay, wait, now there's some foul bird play here. I think the heron or bigger birds going after a little bird. This is David Attenborough stuff, I believe. And that's probably why, <coughs> excuse me. That's probably why I've shot away from it because to be honest, that's the, I, I know nature's beautiful. And I know it's also very predatorial. You're a predator or you're a prey? Or you're, a pre or you're both. Lots of animals are both. And that's, that's how the world works. But I don't want to see animals getting torn up and shit. Fuck that. I'm a somewhat vegetarian. You know? I don't eat meat if I can find cheap and convenient and easy vegetarian meals. You know, I don't want to go out of my way for it, for my ideals, but that's, that's where I'm at right now. And so that's probably why I shied away from David Attenborough, but I'd be happy. I, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd be thrilled. Can't wait to sit down with the sister station on a lazy Sunday afternoon, a rainy, rainy Sunday. I think all, all Sundays in, in, in the UK are rainy by law. So just put on some some beautiful beautiful David Attenborough shots I don't even know are they full movies or shows I mean I, I really don't know too much about it I don't I think I have seen Planet Earth a couple times and it was amazing it was like the most beautiful shit of all time but I, I think I only had a little laptop at the time and I couldn't really appreciate it you know my brightness didn't go up enough I was like what is that is that is that a lake and it was like a desert you know I, I, I just couldn't really I couldn't really appreciate it on a little tiny screen or it was like a plane or something, or something like that. Um, nice to take a little trip down memory lane, of course. Of course, E.T. knows Mike, who was who's on the short list, not our term, uh, on the short list for SFG co-chairs. If we expand the operation, which we don't really have any plans to right now, right now we can manage. We can manage us too. But, uh, and of course, we wouldn't be accepting anybody. But there are certain people that are, oof, they're, they're creme de la creme. And I forgot that E.T. and Mike did have a 24-hour, uh, you know, face-to-face -face time that gave them just a little, a little preview. Just a little preview of Mike. And there's, there's so much. I mean, so much. And, of course, we've talked about on the show how it's important to me, very important to me, uh, my friendship with Mike. And we haven't really been in much contact in the last couple years and that's something that I want to make sure that uh, that we get some we get some time together so I'm probably gonna text him today and be like hey probably gonna be around June uh, around you know the, the New England area in June and I'll go wherever I'll go wherever to chill with you because I really will I mean he's he's a very important person to me um, 
And of course, this is this is probably going to be one of our last meta shows about talking about SFG so explicitly and saying, you know, what do we do to make it, um, you know, catch on. Of course, we're always going to talk about SFG on the show because it's a democracy. The whole search committee should know what's happening in the higher up echelon of the of the organization. They should know. Oh, I wonder what the co-chairs are going to decide today. Today, are they going to? They gonna start going with the sticker routes, or are they gonna start like I'm? I'm looking for these guys are looking for comrades. You know, we might have two listeners right now, which we might have more, we might have less. We might have two listeners, and they're thinking, I want everyone to enjoy this as much as I do. What are the co-chairs thinking about to make that happen? Social media, stickers. So we will talk about it on here, but it'll be interesting. You know, we were talking about the demographics. These are these are back room boardroom executive executive boardroom. That's the that's the order of those words. An executive boardroom sort of chat. Here you're listening to how we are going to make this podcast number one, number one in Latin America at least. What's our demographic? And Et mentioned the deaf population. We would have to change our broadcasting style quite a bit for the deaf population. Send out scripts, but of course we would welcome all of our deaf listeners. Oh, but I was saying it was a very nice to go down a trip down memory lane with E.T. talking about us and on Fire Island, Fire Island, right off of Long Island with, with Mike. Hitting the dance floors, E.T. hitting the beach, and then immediately hitting the ferry and waving goodbye, <laughs> waving goodbye from the ferry. Oh, man. That was, that was, that was good. Um... Last couple things here. We've got the bed sales, the bells, bed salesmen. They're actually mattresses, so no carpenter involved. I, they were, I don't know how you make a mattress. I don't think that was the person making the mattress who was selling them. I think they just probably had a cheap supplier, and they're going door-to-door selling, selling mattresses. But, yeah, you know, you can just order, get your mattress from the comfort of your home. I think it would be better if that guy had a store, if he had, you know, um, I don't think it's. I don't think he's probably raking in too much money selling those mattresses either. So, not not the best job, but one of those sorts of many informal jobs that you'll see around Latin America, where uh, you know it's it's people doing whatever they can to get by to make a living. And thank you for confirming Tiger Girl's dullardness. That was that was an important confirmation here on the show, and and a. A very comical one is at that. So that, of course, got, as you'll see, a timestamp. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. It's pretty hot. I need to get a bully. I fucking need a bully. It's going to become now my mission for the afternoon to get a bully. I, I went to the, the nicest beach because I just kind of wanted to walk. And, and, of course, the nicest beach is Broadcaster's Beach. I mean, that's why it has a special place in my heart. Uh, but didn't bring a bathing suit. You know, I'm curiously in gym shorts that I just had washed yesterday. So now they're all sandy. Uh, I didn't go in the water even, and that was like the one beach where you can really swim. I would have really liked to go in the water. The waves looked fucking fantastic. I would have loved to just get knocked around and body surfed on in. But I didn't go in because I didn't want to get my shorts wet. They're my one gym pair of gym shorts. I, I just don't really have it figured out yet. You know, I'm, I'm kind of newly single again. I don't have a bag, and I don't have, you know, DBs sort of, although very dull, you know, the 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 directions of saying, hey, Alex, you should get a ba- you should put a bathing suit on if you're going to go to the beach, you know? I'm just becoming an independent person again. So, new me, 
knew me and uh, not quite as competent as, as me with, with input, but we're doing the best we can and that's all we can do. So until next time, this has been Normando Femme. I think we are about to go live right now and let's see if we can get this on Spotty immediately for your listening pleasure. Until next next time, this has been your host, Normancito, reporting live and direct from Sayulita, the sandy Sayulita beaches. It's been a pleasure. Please stay tuned. <laughs>